friends, buddies, pals. How you doing? Welcome back to, well, not another video, but another podcast. Uh, I managed to convince my buddy Jeff Forsey to come on and have a yarn with me. I was really looking forward to talking to Jeff because he's a super cool guy, got a heap of experience, and is just a super fishy dude. Uh, yeah, he's good fun to talk to. Um, and got a lot of knowledge to tap into, done a lot of cool stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's a good bugger. All right, so without further ado, just going to dive straight into that. Hope you enjoy it. Sorry, are we doing this right now? Is this the, is this podcast? Are we recording? Uh, I, I did sneakily put it on, but I don't know where I'm yeah. going to start it. I thought, because okay. we started talking, just like, as we do, just like chatting away, and I was like, yeah. oh, rather than stop it and go, okay, Jeff, we're now live. Actually, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know how to start these things yet. I've done two. Sure. And I should have been, like, I think what I should have done is, like, at least, like, maybe, like, got four or five done, and then I could have started, like, rolling them out, but I just started kind of like, ah, oh, I think, I'll, I think I'll do one. Yeah, I'll do one. Yeah. And then it's been, like, three weeks, and then I'm like, ah, I don't want to talk. I don't really want to talk to many people. Yeah. Just just good cunt, basically. Yeah, sure. You know, just... Yeah. Oh, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you was just like, uh, what I like, I like your vibe. You just, I don't know, I kind of, what you do resonates with me a bit. You just get on with it. <laughs> you know, you're not huge on social media. You haven't got yeah. any ego. You're not out there shouting and, you know, yelling on social media every three minutes. Sure. I just want to talk to good guys that just kind of like to fish and do cool yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're. So, um, yeah, I, I don't actually have a huge pool of people i want to talk to yeah so i don't I, it could be a very short-lived thing but sure. yeah, yeah whatever cool. it's good but um yeah. i guess all right then so i'll do the if anyone's listening new to this which is probably because i've done two so you probably haven't listened to this before um i say it's jeff forze right for c for c <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's Jeff Forsey. You want to French it up a little bit? You can call it Forsey. 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 All right. So just, just let's get this thing out. Of the way. Just tell us a bit about yourself, because you're from Ohio, right? Yeah. So just, yeah. When did you come here? And you know. Okay. You yeah. My uh, my name is Jeff Forsey, and I live in Wanaka, New Zealand, on the South Island, Central South Island. Um, and I've obviously not a Kiwi, um, but I've been in New Zealand for nearly a decade now. Um, and I moved here um, because of my girlfriend, Hillary, my partner. It seems silly to call her my girlfriend. We've been together for <laughs> over 10 years. Um, she's, she's a Kiwi? She's a Kiwi, yeah. She's a Christchurch girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah. So, how, did yeah. you guys meet? how did you guys meet in the States? No, no, no. We met. Um, I came to New Zealand a long time ago in my early 20s um, with a buddy of mine just on did like the working holiday thing, kind of tiki tour so, around. Yeah, checking that's how I out. turned up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that happened to a lot of people. And I mean, even here in Wanaka, because there's so many blow ins that actually live in this community. You know, everyone has a, well, not a, a lot of people have a similar <laughs> story. Um, uh, you know, came here, you know, on holiday and never left type thing. Yeah. So that, that kind of happened to me in a bit of a roundabout way. So I, back to the point, I met Hillary, um, you know, on that trip and we stayed in touch. I was actually living in Alaska for uh, quite a while and she, she came up there and, you know, we traveled around the world. There was some back and forth and I ended up coming down to New Zealand, you know, it was kind of time to, you know, commit or not, I suppose. And yeah, uh, yeah, I moved down here and Good been, move. been here ever since. Yeah. Great move. Best yeah. move. I mean, I couldn't, yeah. 
I, I don't know. You know, when I, of course, like we just kind of talked about when I first came here, I never thought I'd been end up living here. And even when I moved down here, you know, like I was in love with Hillary and all that. But um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I was open to anything, but I, <laughs> yeah. uh, I probably didn't realize the um, the extent of the, the move that I was making, you know, like I've yeah. really my life here and I, I can't imagine living anywhere else. And I never probably even at that time of, you know, actively becoming an immigrant realized that I was actually going to be an immigrant, if that makes yeah. sense. Did you see, it's interesting because like, it's a real similar story to how I turned out. I did the same thing, working holiday visa and they just never left. Yeah. Um, we call it the Talpo trap. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like, same thing. I, like, I haven't heard blow-ins before, but I like that term. It's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, the same thing. I knew within about three days I wasn't going to go back. Is that right? Yeah, yeah man. Was, wow. was, it, was it similar to you, or were you just like, nah, nah I'm just going to be here for a bit and then just like skip forward a decade? You're like, well, I'm a Kiwi. Yeah, I mean, gosh, yeah, no, like, yeah, I think when when I did move here, I get, I mean, it was the intention to stay. You know, um, I think Hillary and I were both kind of open to anything. You know, we were, I think I was like 25 years old or something. You know, 26 maybe. So we we. Um, we didn't know where our life was going to take us, Alex. You know yeah. what I mean? So we yeah, were open yeah. to anything. Still but don't. <laughs> are you still, yeah, still don't. I, mean, I don't know. Hopefully <laughs> a little bit better idea, but uh, yeah, I think. Why, uh, why Wanaka? Uh, Wanaka, Wanaka, we haven't always been in Wanaka. You know, we lived kind of all over the place. They so started out in Invercargill, way down at the bottom of the South Island. I've actually, I, I know Invercargill Hospital real well. Oh, I've, do you? I've smashed myself to pieces in Glenorchy. When I, was, uh-huh. I, I came here skydiving and I fucked myself up in Glenorchy yeah. and I ended up getting put back together in Invercargill. Really? So, oh, yeah, man, I've got a lot of love. What place. year was that? 2004. 2004. Yeah, that would have been before. Um, yeah, that would have been well before our time. Gosh, you've been here a long time, man. Um, I'm old as fuck, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you yep. don't look it, man. You don't look it. <laughs> I, th- I think. I think. What are you? You say you're the mid thirties? Thirty six. I just turned. Yeah, see, yeah. I think. I think it's exactly. You, like you look younger. I think it's just like that lifestyle and just just doing shit that you like to do, eh? Yeah, yeah. It keeps you young for sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I'm Invercargill. So yeah, yeah. Inver- Invercargill. Yeah. So we went there because. Uh. I mean, Hillary and I have always been. Um kind of lifestylers you know what I mean <laughs> just flying yeah. by the seat of our pants um but she decided to go to nursing school down there to just get a practical skill under her belt and um yeah Invergargle was a great spot for that so we did three years there which was awesome because that allowed me to kind of get my head around New Zealand fly fishing and you know kind of what it was all about a lot of trial and error a so lot you learned that pretty yeah much. for sure man absolutely um well I didn't I mean not fly fishing but how to fish in New Zealand uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I, you know I came from Alaska where I was doing a lot of fly fishing and then um you, it's a different world I'll tell you that New Zealand trout fishing to Alaska trout fishing yeah man it's actually that's that's cool I didn't know you spent so much time in Alaska I'll definitely mm. we'll talk about that in a bit but um sure. yeah it is so when did you start fly fishing when did you start fishing like super um, young yeah, geez, jumping, jumping way back then. Yeah, I did. I I started when I was a kid, man. You know, my yeah. my whole family, um, you know, we we grew up fishing together. You know, my dad's a fisherman, my brothers are fishermen, my mom, she's even come out fishing with us. She's actually the only one in the family that has a mounted fish in our our house. It's kind of <laughs> like her her pride and joy. She always jabs us with. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, it is awesome, man. And it was really cool. So we, yeah, we grew up doing that, um, as kids going just camping and, and bass fishing and, and, yeah. and stuff back in the States. But, um, fly fishing was never on the radar for, um, you know, my folks, uh, my, you know, it's nothing that my dad, dad really did, but he had a buddy named Todd Hunt and, um, they had a piece of property out in rural Southern Ohio that we used to go, um, camping and fishing on all the time. And Todd was a fly angler. And I remember seeing him out in his little, we used to take these little flat bottom John boats out, little alloy kind of tinny type boats, yeah, you know, oars. Yeah. And, you know, you just, um, just kind of rowing them around. And I, I remember seeing him out there casting the fly rod with little tiny cork poppers for sunfish and largemouth oh, bass. Yeah. Really cool. And I was just like, what is this dude doing? You know, <laughs> like I, um, I, and I, I literally still, Alex, have like vivid, vivid images of him, you know, kind of at sunrise out there casting. I don't know if that's something I've fabricated in my head or uh, so it, like, some you know, slow motion river runs through it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I saw it then and there. And then that that was my first introduction to fly fishing. My dad would have ended up buying us, my brothers and I, like a Bass Pro Shop special to yeah. just kind of bang around with. And, Did Todd uh, teach you? Nah, not not really. I don't know. He probably maybe. Yeah, I'm sure he gave me some pointers. You know. Yeah, and then just um, fuck off. And of course, yeah. like, like me, it probably would have been pre-internet, right? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, you just go yeah. fuck around on the grass and on a lake and, and work it out. Place. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, those fish were easy enough to catch. There was some instant reward, which is great. It kind of kept us interested. But to be honest, after that, I put down the fly rod for you know a long time. Like I, I played with it for a little bit here and there, but it wasn't until I moved to Alaska in my early twenties that I got back into it. Did I you just, move to Alaska for fishing? For commercial fishing. Um, yeah, I worked as a you know I was I was doing um, in my kind of early mid 20s i was doing a lot of traveling and stuff yeah. and i would go to alaska work a commercial season you know fishing for salmon and um i worked down in prince william sound as well long lining for halibut and stuff like that make as much money as i could and then go travel the world um, like the um the fuck was that program like the like the crab the deadliest crab. Cat. yeah <laughs> everyone always says that uh <laughs> No, it wasn't like that. I, I mean, it's a similar kind of thing. Just go there, work your fucking ass off, and then yeah. go off and do some shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, cool. So, you know, for a young guy that, you know, didn't have a college education or any, you know, real skills or anything, yeah. um, I was able to make quite a bit of money, and um, it was awesome. You know, good, honest good character building work, and, like, I wouldn't go back to it, but I, I certainly wouldn't trade those days for anything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So then you got to what? You, you, who got you back into fly fishing over there? Um, uh, myself, kind of. I took it, you know. Um, I guess it was well. I guess it was the exposure to. Um, I mean, Alaska. You know, it's one of the world's great fly fishing destinations. Yeah, right? man. So being just being there, you see it. It's everywhere, you know, like, you know, even back in Anchorage, you know, there's fly shops and people driving around their trucks and, you know, you go down on the road system to the Kenai River and all that and people uh -huh. are flashing everywhere. And then where I was actually working is out in King Salmon in Western Alaska. And, um, that's a that's a huge jumping off point um, for for a lot of fly fishermen, fly fishing lodges. That's that whole Bristol Bay region. Oh you know? yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. so I, I remember like being literally on on the back of um, 
the boats, the commercial boats that I was working, like scrubbing them and like seeing dudes guides, you know, walking down, you know, all kitted out and their Sims waders and you know, <laughs> a bunch of fly rods in their hand, yeah. like walking down the, the, the little wharf to hop on a uh, float plane to fly out to God's no knows where to, to fly fish with their clients. And I was like, yeah. who are these dudes, man? You'd see them up at the bar and have a yarn to them. And like, that was, that was pretty inspirational to me. So I was like, okay, cool. There's obviously something here, um, you know, worth, kind of checking out yeah Yeah. so i i remember at the end of that season which was my first season up there i took i went back to anchorage and um with with some of my earnings i I bought a nice nice fly rod and reel and line and was like you know i'm gonna take any opportunity i can while i'm traveling around alaska for the rest of the summer and autumn to to fish and yeah and um what what sort of what, what what was the get up like single hand like eight weight Oh yes. Uh, what did I buy? It was a. I think it would have been. A, it was a seven weight um, single hander. Yeah, uh, Saint Croix. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I got yeah. The seven weight was good because you could you could target trout on it. Still, you can streamer fish. You can th- we th- they throw a lot of like bead rigs with split shot. You know, so it had. I found I found one of those on the Tongariro yesterday. A bead rig. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see it much down here, but actually, um, not well, to I get off topic. Fish, but, yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, just when I mean, when you and I fished up there, um, it really took me back to, and this is in the Taupo region uh, a couple years ago, it really took me back to fishing in Alaska. You know, there was rain and blow bugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and heavy, heavy rigs and big indicators yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to the, the rod, like it was good having a seven way too because you could catch salmon on it too you know yeah, it's right. a big part of the deal up there so you could catch you know coho and sockeye and and all that stuff wicked yeah wicked. is it is it as is it what you th- imagine it to be alaska like is it that epic and awesome yeah yeah yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go. Yeah, it's it's epic and awesome, and it gets more epic and awesome the further away you get from the road system. You know, it's it's an amazing place. It's it really is like New Zealand. I'd probably still be there today if I didn't move down here. Yeah. Um, you know, to be with hills. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So then, staying from so when you came, it was the same when I came from England. Well, not the same at all. But like, as far as like when I came here and then started to learn to fish here, it was yeah. just like, like starting again. I can cast, I could cast, sure. I couldn't fish. I don't know how to fish at all. So, yeah. so I understand totally what you're saying. It takes you a couple of years to even just get your head around how to fucking fish here. Totally, man. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, imagine like if the only fishing you've ever done in your life is the winter rainbow run on yeah. the Tongariro. You know. Yeah. That's then, all you've ever done. That's <laughs> all you know. Yeah. And, and then you and then you come down to, you know, Southland. You have these like lowland meandering streams and like, you know, clear water, spooky fish, dry, tiny dry flies. You know, just like I was out of my element, man. It's another sure. level, eh? Yeah. Another level, yeah. Which yeah. was awesome because it was like, and, and and that's exactly right. It's another level, and that it was those first few years, Alex, in New Zealand, where like my fishing went from like here to here you know just yeah, that like, learning curve is just almost vertical way eh? yeah it was yeah. Yeah. yeah which was cool i was stoked i was just like i was growing so much as an angler like so my i didn't even i didn't even know that the the sport or myself had that kind of capacity to grow within that know? range eh? yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i agree yeah i mean i'd never fished a river till i came here is that right yeah, yeah because in, in england it was all all the river systems are privately owned 
Uh-huh. And so you had to have good money to get on to uh, do that beat or whatever. And that wasn't, so I was all just lake fishing. Yeah, and I right. came here and it was just like, cool, rivers, wicked. And then just went for a walk and yeah. just fucking just didn't even know where to start. Right. Yeah, it was super, yeah, super. <laughs> so what, what, I mean, what did you do? What was it? Was it just trial and error? Were you just fishing kind of by working yeah. it out or until you met mates that were able to kind of point you in the right direction a little? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, bro. Like a lot, a lot of, I guess by that time there was, I guess it was, I'd read some stuff. I'd talk to people like in, in like Tapa Rod and Tech or whatever. I'd, I'd ask in there and I'd go out there and mainly it was trial and error. I don't fish with many people. So yeah. I'd just, I mean, you know, occasionally I'd like stand back on the Tonga and I'd watch people. I wouldn't go and talk to him, but I'd just watch and go, oh, okay, what's, what's he up to sure, there? I'll try sure. that. I'll try that. And then I'd slowly get my head around it. Yeah. And then I still remember the first fish I caught was at the Waitanui. And I caught it and, and then I let it go. And I was like, cool. And I had zero idea what I'd actually done to initiate <laughs> the eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that happened. And there was right. like another few months then. And um, yeah, then just slowly started to like, just get my head around what I was trying to do. Yeah, same thing, just trial and error. Yeah, trial and error, monkey see, monkey do. I'm the same way, man. You know, like I can read a thousand things in a book and and not get it, but you stand in front of me for five minutes and I watch you do it uh, or watch, you know, like you say, an angle from a distance. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to try that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, then you get a little success and, um, you know, you try it again and maybe maybe you know work out why it was successful then yeah, right. yeah then that clicks and you go okay i'm yeah. away i know what i'm doing now yeah exactly yeah, yeah cool so same thing same um, so a lot of that stuff southland is low is lowland streams yeah, yeah i've right. fished that area i've fished down as low as i guess wanaka uh-huh. queenstown yeah uh, but I've never been any lower than that. Oh man, yeah, Southland's a really cool region. So where where I was living um, in Invercargill, that's obviously southern Southland, and then you know like northern northwestern Southland is is Fjordland National Park. Yeah, yeah. You know? Tiana. So there, there's some. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's massive variety in in Southland itself. But um, so you know over to like the northwest um, Tiana, you have all that like classic South Island backcountry. You know, mm-hmm. big big trout epic scenery clear rivers so it has that that kind of stuff and then down around embers you know right up to northern southland um you know kind of lumston which is the home oh, of, yeah. uh like the upper matara um yeah. and the reedy and, and and all that like those those are what yeah i like to call kind of like more lowland streams you know so they're not as steep of gradient very featured just like the most classical trout water you can imagine you know like willow lined back and forth big kind of cut banks shallow riffles and 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 usually good numbers of fish especially when you start talking about you know new zealand fish numbers and stocks which are generally lower compared to a lot of parts of the world yeah for sure yeah i've heard the matura is like right up there is like one of those fisheries, right? Good numbers yeah. of fish and and, yeah. hat, and even like hatches and stuff like that. Great which I hatches, can't yeah, great. Especially in the autumn, you know, we get you know April, which was one thing I was kind of <laughs> when you couldn't do this year, yeah, yeah. Is um yeah yeah a lot of mayfly um coming off and especially down on those on the lower rivers, man. It's just it's a it's a real it's a different world, you know, and it's something that I kind of. A lot of people, I think, can forget about in, in New Zealand fly fishing because it's just so every, – everyone, I feel like it's funny, you know, people think about New Zealand and fly fishing and all they see is the, the big, you know, 10-pound backcountry stuff, which is, which is you know, the most unique part of it probably, but it's not – that's not all New Zealand fishing is. No, no, it's very easy to kind of forget about, like, what you're talking about. 
Mm-hmm. We don't really, do we don't have to, we have we don't really have any of that around Tapo. Yeah, Central North Island stuff is just not just not here. I guess maybe through Waikato there'd be some yeah. of those yeah yeah some of those farmland kind of streams sure. maybe. But yeah yeah, yeah. nothing I fish. I don't, I mean, I'm so out of touch with the North Island fisheries. It's not even funny. I've been lucky enough to fish up there a couple times with you know, yourself and a few other dudes when we're doing the film tour, but yeah, um, yeah I don't really know what, what, what's going on up there. I'd like to, I'd like to spend more time, you know, I was actually looking at a couple of your videos trying to check it out and it, it does like, there's definitely going to be some differences between the fisheries, you know? Um, yeah. It, it'll be really interesting. I've got to fish the same thing. I fish the South Island a little bit fucking nothing i've scratched the surface of really but like there's definitely instant instant noticeable differences in just the approach and just the rivers themselves just the sure. that i fish and i'm like oh this isn't what i'm used to yeah i've got to actually got to approach this a little bit differently after i spooked a couple of fish you know like, yes. oh, right. is, is that it you do you think you have to approach it more with kind of like a just a stealthier kind of I mean, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. I is think it, like, so. It's, it's, or what do you reckon? Certain, certain situations, you've got to maybe be a bit stealthier. Like you, you have a, you could be stealthy here for sure. But I think, in in in, in a few rivers I've fished, they tend to be a lot more a, a lot more open. So, like in the North Island, especially there's lots of stuff I fish. There's a lot of really tight bush line stuff, especially in the back country. So it actually gives you quite a bit of cover. You can actually get quite close to a fish if you've got a good, as you know, like a, a good backdrop of bush. You can kind of yeah, yeah, sure. stay low. You can actually get pretty close to a fish. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff I've fished in the South Island doesn't have that. So all of a sudden you're like, actually, I can't get as close as I would. So mm. I'll can approach it in the same way. So now I've got to think of another way to get a fly in front of this fish yeah yeah and that, and that might be like a 20 foot leader sure in order yeah, to exactly. kind of get rather than i might be able to get a bit closer up here and use a 15 foot leader yeah and, and get so, a little bit more of a side on angle to yeah, the fish. yeah exactly sure. exactly yeah. so just little things like that and um so yeah some, some of those bigger rivers they just i don't know i think the south island rivers are bigger mm. as we've got big rivers but i think as a rule some of those south island ones they're just those big things are just they're just, I, I think I know what you're saying. They're just like big, kind of wide open, vast spaces, yep. aren't they? Um, yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. And, and, and there is no place to hide. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> Canterbury is a, a great example, you know, um, and, and geez, all, all over the country, to be honest. Um, you, you just get into those big river flats. It's the stuff you see on postcards in New Zealand, those really. Big braided yeah. things, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Braided yeah. things. That's, an, that's, an, that's, a, that's a whole different. I've fished a couple of like the like um, some some braided stuff, some low down stuff, and I really like them. But it's just like you kind of it's back to like when I first started fishing rivers. I stand there and I'm like, okay, the fuck do I start here? Yeah. Like okay, well okay, I'll just I'll pick this edge and I'll walk that edge and then you kind of sure. walk, I'll cross over and I'll do that edge and then it's really interesting because you could spend a whole day fishing those braided things and you actually haven't traveled that far from the truck by the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. You just go back and forth and up and down and over and back. Yeah. And I, I, it's really interesting, but, um, it is, it's a different world, man. And I actually, yeah. that's one thing a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people that it, it's a, it's a continuous point that people kind of like clients and, uh, bring up with me and it's about the braided rivers, you know, like oh, people really? that are really kind of interested in doing something a little bit different in New Zealand. Um, 
or can't quite get their heads around, you know, a, a certain variety of fishing, it seems to come back to those braided rivers. You know, I do get a lot of questions about that kind of stuff and how to approach them and how to fish them. And, and you just nailed it with uh, what you said there. I mean, you know, you might go two kilometers across, across a river, but you've, you've actually covered no ground. Um, 500 kind of meters upstream. upstream. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or, you know, on the contrary, you, you can cover kilometers going up cause you've just got to find the stable water, but, um, yeah, that can be a kind of weird one to figure out. And... Yeah. Do you find, do you find that like that, that brighter stuff, do you find it, it gets less pressure because people are just heading upstream into the headwaters of places? Oh yeah. Jeez. Uh, I mean, oh, not really. I mean, so, some, some of the headwaters can be kind of classified as braided, but probably not what we're talking about. I suppose I would say definitely that, that the stuff that we're talking about, you know, the really kind of wide braided out stuff. Mm -hmm. gets, yeah. gets less pressure because it's, it is intimidating. It's daunting. People don't know where to start. And to be frank, it like sucks to walk around on all that big river rock. And yeah. you know, you just, you get shot down a lot because you'll be like, Oh, well, we'll go see what this looks like. Cause you know, on a normal river, um, you know, it can, fine river with structure and you know banks, banks everything you like can you, you can read it from a mile away like you're oh. just looking upstream well there'll be a fish up there let's go there yeah. and on a big braided river you know you kind of look across you know 500 800 <laughs> meters and you're like oh that could be something and let's go and check it out like, not. <laughs> and uh, yeah and then you just like i say you're scrambling across <laughs> a big loose kind of you know great size river rocks your ankles are rolling and you know it, it can beat you down pretty quick and so. a bit of cloud rolls in and you've got no yeah 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 no no backdrop to cut out the glare yeah right. yeah <laughs> uh, i like it it's good um shit i don't even know how we got onto that i don't know what we were talking about oh yeah so yeah you did southland and then you did so you lived in Invercargill for like three years and then what hillary she finished her nurse training and then yeah moved somewhere else for yeah. yeah, exactly. For for Hillary's work, she finished up nursing and uh, her training, and then we spent a year up in uh, Nelson Marlboro, lived in Blenheim. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, I got yeah. in that Nelson region for a season. And yeah, so, cool. I liked it there, man. I lived in Motueka for. Yeah, that. that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's wicked. Um, it's a it's a great it is a great region, man. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful, and there are a lot of good fishing around there. Um, that's actually where I started guiding in New Zealand, too, up around St. Arnold. I was working for oh, a guy um, named John, John Gindle, and he was a great dude. And he, that name. Yeah, he's, he's a fishy dude, man. He's one of the fishiest dudes yeah. I've ever met, and he kind of, um, yeah, kind of took me under his wing and, okay. um, yeah, you know, gave me some work, and that really gave me my start in guiding in New Zealand. So, but we were only there for a year, you know, so I did a season there and then ended up moving back down south to, to Wanaka, which was always kind of the, the end, end goal for Hillary and I. We wanted to be here. It's a cool place, man. Like, um, I spent a little bit of time in Wanaka and it, it's like I get such a Taupo vibe from it, but yeah. a bit smaller. Like it's, uh -huh. it's wicked. You've got the lake, you've got the mountains. Totally. It's kind of up high. And it's just got that same kind of feel to it. It's a sure. really cool place. Downtown feel, eh? It's yeah, man. I, I, you can tell there's I, a good community in both places. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. Um, do you get a, is there like a real, when you first moved there, is Wanaka, is it a clicky place? Uh, is it a clicky place? Uh, probably a, a bit. You know, it's a small it's place. It's man. Like it, yeah. it's a cool place to live as a place, but man, it can yeah. be, it can be super small town clicky. Sure. And and uh, so I wonder if they had the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I think I think you could say that, Alex. It's um, 
I mean, gosh, if it wasn't for Hillary, I probably wouldn't really have any friends here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm, just, I'm just out in the in the mountains and, you know, fishing and hunting and doing whatever I can at any any point, you know. And she's she's super social, which is great. And um, Drag you to the, to the social yeah, Totally. Totally. Um, which, which is, which is really, I'm, I'm actually really grateful for because we've, we've become friends. We've made a lot of good friends since we've been here, um, because of that. Um, but yeah, I think I, I do see a, a lot of people struggle to kind of, you know, find their spot and, yeah. and, and meet, and meet their, their, their click, I guess. Yeah, um, sure. I guess it's easier yeah. if, if, yeah, I think you said a bit like me, it's, it's easier to kind of, kind of stay out of that if you don't really care. And you just, do it, you just doing your thing anyway. Sure, sure. But it's funny, you know. To be honest, like I don't know. I, I, it's not that I don't care because I do. I really like hanging out with people and socializing, and especially in these kind of communities, Alex. Like I'm sure it's the same up there. It's it is it, it generally it attracts a certain type of people that um, I find pretty interesting. You know, people that are kind of out there. You know, really kind of making the most of life and and doing some pretty amazing things. You know, there's so many just like world-class adventurers and mountaineers and skiers in, in this it? town it's really? not yeah man it's not even funny and and i think that's a a really cool thing because you never know um kind of who you're talking to and you know like yeah you, you sit down and have a beer with somebody and you can you, you end up hearing some pretty pretty cool experiences sometimes <laughs> that's pretty cool i don't i think that's something maybe wanaka has at telford doesn't maybe has yeah. more of that yeah maybe yeah. it's a yeah. bit well, smaller. It's a smaller town yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is a is a big mix of stuff here and I think oh maybe if I was more social I might find <laughs> more, more more of those stories. But yeah, yeah, yeah I think sure. maybe that's something Wanaka has over Telpo. Yeah. Oh that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because um you get some really good skiing there too in winter, eh? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um skiing is not my my forte for sure. I'm usually gone in the winters, you know, guiding overseas and stuff. So uh Mo- Mongolia, right? Yeah, Mongolia. I used to go back to Alaska. So I st- when I started guiding, I was actually when we were living in Invercargill. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to travel back to Alaska. I was working in a hunting and fishing shop there, and then started decided I was going to start guiding and um, got a job at a lodge in Western Alaska. And I would travel back there in the winter, and then you know when I went up to Blenheim, then I started doing the se- back to back seasons. Um, yeah. Like three and- months at a time, sort of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's worked out to be. So I, and this, this winter now, um, would have been my sixth season in Mongolia, but, um, I don't think that's happening. And sorry. So, uh, but in recent years, I've kind of cut it back to about six or eight weeks going up there, which is good. It gives me a little bit more balance. And yeah, for sure, man. Three months is a long time, eh? Yeah, it's a long time. And you've been, like you say, you've been doing it. For a long time, I, I did that three months in Bolivia a couple win, a couple of winters ago. That's right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's right. And that, that was that was I loved it. But like at the end of that three months, it's like wow, I've been I've been away for a long time, man. For like, sure, man. And to do that year after year after year, like you have, I can understand why you've cut that back a little bit. Yeah, and it, it's tough. Um, I, I don't know what months you were you were there, uh, but you know it's it's just the back-to-back seasons too like seasonal work i I absolutely love it um but it's it's a grind at the best of times you know so you just kind of finish up one and you just like kind of start to recover and you go back into the next one another one gotta hustle gotta hustle gotta hustle yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i was there when was I, i i went august september october came back like early november i think it was yeah okay yeah so it's pretty okay, sweet. So that's yeah, 
kind of all I don't know what what time this of year does thing do things really start ramping up up there again? I mean, I, I feel like you guys are you guys are in like perpetual trout season up there. I, don't, I feel like you don't suffer from the the same seasonal <laughs> depression and, and lack get, of fishing that we do here. down here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it pretty much dies on its ass because obviously international travel doesn't happen in winter. Yeah. So, and the I don't know Kiwis uh, seem to be a little bit less uh keen to get guides sure um which i get that's fine so generally if if winter work does come in it's kind of sporadic so you know you might get you know the odd job here and there and that kind of stuff which which is great but like you don't definitely don't count on it uh, you kind of want to squirrel away some money through summer for sure yeah just yeah. kind of make sure that you can get through winter like you say yeah. it's kind of that's where they're kind of going away overseas helps it helps helps, it, helps sure. that money flow but um we're definitely so, lucky the opportunity to fish all year just for those local local rivers they eh? pop into yeah. the lake but so would you get busy on a guide front like november onwards type thing november december i think probably beginning december just coming into christmas and then you have the silly season obviously from the holiday yeah. time through to like may march sorry sure usually yeah but yeah. I, I mean i'm I'm pretty bad. I could probably work more, but I'm very aware that I want to fish, so I always leave time off. I'll That's put, good. Yeah, I'll, 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 I generally won't work more than a week straight mm-hmm. without taking two or three days off from me. Oh man, I, I'm I'm the same, Alex. You have to you have to make some time for yourself, you know. And even if it's, gosh, to be honest, like through the bulk of the season, it's not even for fishing, um, or sorry, through the peak of the season, rather, yeah. um, it's it's for kind of just like recovery and home time, you know what I mean? <laughs> just to regroup. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's you're on the road for a week. It can be it's it's hard work. Yeah, man. Then of mm. course you gotta you gotta sort everything out from that, and then prepare for the next trip and that sort of exactly. thing. And, yeah. So I'm very and I did it was. Unfortunately, I did it with skydiving. I turned, I loved it. Did I turn it into a job? And all I did was work. And by the time yeah. I got out of it, I was pretty over it. Eh? It's pretty sure. dark. Yeah. So I hate to do that with fishing. So I was just like, okay, I'll yeah. work. I'll earn less money through the year, but I'll I'll still fish heaps and I'll Absolutely. still enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I still, go on. That's a that's just a, a hugely important thing to be aware of. You know, I think a lot of people do end up overdoing it and being become so reliant on um just that guiding income that they have to and um then it then it does kind of ruin it yeah um, man i'll run into this especially around, especially around here there's there's a, there's a fair few full-time guys and you run into them like on the tongarero and christmas time mm-hmm. and they're just you look at them and you're already burnt out and they're yeah. already i'm just like oh dude and they're just like ah fuck i can't wait for the end of the season long so, road to the end from here yeah and that's yeah. got to suck. Yeah. That's got to suck. Um, so, yeah, how, go, how did you go about Mongolia? Did you just, like, put some feelers out there and something came back? Or did you know someone? Did you go there and fish? Um, yeah, probably more more along the lines of putting some feelers out there. So, yeah, I didn't know anybody. Uh, I knew I wanted to go to Mongolia, you yeah. know, um, the, the lure of Mongolia itself and then the, the timon, which is the fish that we fish for there, largely fish for anyway, um, was really appealing to me. You know, I wanted that adventure. I wanted that exposure to an amazing culture and I wanted to catch a really kind of far out freshwater fish. And yeah. um, so it was, it was just something I like locked into my brain that I, I wanted to do and I had to do, you know, um, 
So I, I started writing um, the company that I work for now, Mongolia River Outfitters, the owner of that company, Mark. I started writing him emails um, quite a long time ago, actually, like even back when I was looking for jobs in Alaska, you know, I was yeah. writing, writing to him and, and just seeing if I could get a job up there. And, you know, no, nothing came up forever. Uh, <laughs> but I was, I was persistent. And I think that, that was the key to my success anyway. Yeah. You know, I kind just of politely wear him down. The shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. About, I don't know how many years, but um, until he finally came back. Well, I, it was kind of a combination of things too, is I, I probably needed to gain experience and there needed to be uh, an availability for, um, you know, a guy position because the, the, the job just doesn't come up very often yeah. out there. And it's a pretty coveted job. A lot of the dudes that I work with, I'm still, man, I, you know, this is almost uh, six years of working up there and I'm still one of the kind of youngest guides, um, you know, or, or, or least tenured guides on the, on the staff. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's that awesome, man. You know, it's um, you know, people love it and it's um, they don't want to give it up. They don't want to give it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely one of those places. So, so if, yeah, I guess the job eventually the availability came up and, and I was, I was there when it did. And, um, I, yeah, I got the job man. Wicked. Never, and, never, never looked back. And are most of the other, uh, guys on your team, are they, are they, are they Western guides or are they local boys? Um, yeah, it's, a, it's kind of, it's, you know, the way we have it set up is, um, it's, it's integral. The Mongolians are an integral part of the operation. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it, it, this is their resource. It's their fishery. It's it's all them. And um, you know, we couldn't do it without them. So since the beginning of the operation, um, you know, MRO has made an effort to to train local guides. And I'd say right now we generally operate at about kind of fifty fifty oh, cool. international guides and local guides. Yeah, and it is super cool, man. Our Mongolian guides are are class uh fishing guides and 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 they just they know the jam out there you know yeah um, they know so it better than you ever will, eh? yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is it's a pretty it's a pretty kind of motley bunch man because so we have you know 50 percent of our guides are mongolian and you got a couple myself and peter fong um you know are from the u.s and then we have a whole slew we call it the then the chilean mafia all these uh <laughs> chilean dudes that have been coming up there since the beginning of time and you know they're they're basically doing it, it works really well for them for the same reason it works well for me coming from new zealand you know their southern hemisphere they run you know these big beautiful estancias down in chile and fishing for trout and stuff during our summer months and then travel yeah. up in the northern hemisphere summer months to chase time in. they have some um some really nice looking water in chile eh? i did it looks awesome chile is one of those places I, I fished in northern argentina quite a long time ago but very uh, just just a little bit you know i'd love to go back patagonia yeah. It's the only place in the world where sometimes I look, I'll see a picture, you know, on social media or whatever, and I'm like, oh, it's New Zealand, and it's not. They look similar, eh? Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. I think it's probably the only place, I say to a lot of people, um, it's probably one of the only places I want to go and fish for trout. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, we live here, man. It's pretty hard. You get, yeah. you get pretty spoiled. But, yeah, um, I've got a buddy of mine, um, Gene. I was he was I was guiding with him in Bolivia. He's just done a season which finished early, but he was in Patagonia. Where was he? I think he was on the Rio Grande. Uh huh. Oh, I was guiding the sea trout thing. Yeah, wow. and he was just like, dude, man, like it's it's, it's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, it looks amazing. I mean, those fish, geez, that just um, you know, imagine those just the strength of the sea run twenty pound brown trout, like, yeah, and they're just exactly. a big they, they look like your fish, man. The the they look like your South Island fish. You know, the big yeah. crocodile shaped jaws and the nose and the shoulders. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, badass, pretty remarkable. Cool, man. So, um, obviously, well, I'm saying obviously, you're probably not going to go this year, eh? Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not looking good. I mean, here we are. It's June now. Um, our June. season our season normally starts on the fifteenth of June, man. That's opening day time and um, season. So that that is obviously that portion of the season has been canceled already, um, which is gutting. You know, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that rely on that income, um, and it's just not going to happen. But also, too, just our, our presence on the river is really important up there, um, you know, from a conservation perspective. So, that's uh, kind of so. Well, um, because uh, just to keep kind of uh, poachers and, and, and stuff out. Yeah, the big problem. Um, they, they, ha- they have been historically much, much less so um, in the time that we've been there, for sure. Is that, um, is that because yeah. of just because you've been on the river or because over the years you've started to be able to maybe talk to people and educate them um both yeah 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 i mean presence in itself is a a big deterrent um but also yeah the 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 basically community work that we've done i mean even some of our fishing guides used to be you know quote unquote poachers you know now they're catch and release advocates in the country see Um, i think that's where it's at eh? that's that's the future right there is that oh it is the future for sure and it's i mean it's literally what is protected those fisheries and that fish you know so sure it's like um very similar story to um like uh atataki eh? e2 and the boys mm. have you fished yeah. there you fished atataki eh? no never no I'd love i thought to. you had no no not yet that's oh, cool well cool. um but similar thing that, that they were just all about they were the guys screwing the fishery and then there was that switch i can't remember how it happened i, don't know, I think somebody went over there and talked to I them i think and... yeah well it was it was carl mcneil here in wanaka um is it local... sage guy or something like that uh no no epic fly rods yeah epic. okay that's yeah. right yeah so yeah. he was he he was he was counterman to that happening, eh? Yeah, yeah, I I think so. You know, that's um, I haven't talked to him directly, but yeah, he he went about it. But yeah, he went over there and and hooked up with E two and kind of you know that'd be a super cool conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. track him down. Yeah. yeah, touch with him, man. I'm sure. Um, yeah, that would be it. Would be a great story to tell on on a platform like this, and he could tell yeah. us and me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so that, oh, that's really cool. So if that going back to that interaction you guys had with the or just uh, the change in, I guess, uh, attitude over in Mongolia, was did you have any interaction as far as like talking to people and changing their minds, or is that more the local boys um, kind of? No, I mean, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, I mean, there's a language barrier for starters, you know. They're so. pretty receptive and open to you, because I mean, I know when I was in Bolivia, man, like one of the main things that I wasn't expecting that I brought away with me was the fishing was great and the place was great, but the relationship I ended up making with the locals that I was working with was just, just awesome. Like we oh, just yeah. got super tight, and they were super like open and helpful and and receptive to just. Like you know, I guess ask me as a Westerner. Sure. So is, it, is it the same over there with those guys? Are they For really... sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, on, like some of those guys, I I, I talk to them on a, on a regular basis. They're my, ah. some of my best buddies. You know what I mean? Awesome. We've worked uh, hand in hand together for a long time now, and, and built some really incredible relationships. And you know, so th- everybody has a role role to play. You know, and um, 
you know, the guys that we can communicate with, uh, we communicate with and, you know, the, 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 our, our guide staff mostly who are all, you know, uh, English speakers, um, and Mongolian yeah. speakers, their, their role is vital because they, they have that ability to communicate and they, they understand, you know, both, um, all, kind of all the different perspectives, you know, from, you know, kind of cultural perspectives and, um, and all the rest and are able to kind of communicate that to the, to people that need, need to hear it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's really, really cool. Yeah, it's really awesome. It's 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 cool. Uh, it's a cool thing to be a part of, Alex. You yeah, know? and it's for really sure. important. I think, um, you know, when you're working in those kind of places in those parts of the world, like if you're not doing something better for, uh, you know, the people in the place, then you probably shouldn't be there. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And if you've seen uh, over the years, how's the fishery? Um, yeah, it's good. It's strong, man. It's getting, cool. God, it's crazy. It's such a wild fishery and it's something that, um, and it's probably what keeps me kind of going back every year. Um, it, I, you know, it's, it's a fishery where you think you kind of get your head around it and then you just, you don't, I guess, I mean, that's fishing in general, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like the more I do it, the less I know, but, um, in Mongolia in particular, like when you, you know, this, the fishery you, you, you think you got to figure it out with like fish numbers and bite times and um you know times of the year that are going to be better and then you know you go back to next season and it just like proves your theory is completely wrong you know <laughs> yeah. and 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 it is getting the fishery is getting stronger and it is getting better and and it's it's really cool to see like last yeah, year uh we operate on two different rivers there and there's one river that i've spent most of my time on in mongolia which i wasn't on last year uh it's kind of you know hurts a little bit because it's yeah. really place for me but um they had this sort of remarkable season in regards to big fish you know there were more really? fish over 50 inches you know so you're talking like i don't i don't even know like 50 pound of fish um caught last year then then and you know the five seasons prior that i'd been there you know and i was just no like because these guys are sending me all these pictures and i'm like oh my god and these are fish that are i mean you know i've always had it in my head that uh, you know, that, that they're there and you'll see them sometimes and you catch them sometimes, um, you know, you'll see them when you're floating through a pool or whatever. And yeah, I just got so, so many of them. Um, That's yeah, I don't know. It, was it was cool. It was, it was, it was definitely like the, the biggest fish year, um, in, in my, in my experience there, uh, and, biggest um, fish year. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest number of big fish. Uh, yeah. what about, I don't talked about tagging program. Like, you yeah. know, they're, they're the same fish, the resident fish. Do they do they move around in the system? Do they do they, you know, all that kind of stuff? Does anyone yeah, they, do, they do move a lot. And I think that's that's probably part of it. I mean, and, and some of them are residential as well. You know, there's there's fish that we've caught um, kind of. Um, you know, within the same season or you know, consecutive seasons same and fish. stuff. That we know it's like it's like here, like here. Trip, brown trout. You can match up their their cheek patterns and stuff you like that. Get to that. a piece of water. You like I I I know there's a fish that lives in this pool. Okay, I know he's in here somewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. So you go a little yeah. bit more carefully and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, some some tagging has been done in the past. In, in my time there, we've done a lot of like DNA samples um, yeah. and some people have been doing some research projects, clipping um, fins and that kind of stuff. Clipping fins, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and 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 just kind of working out, I guess, the diversity of the fish and kind of their their range and their age and and all that stuff. So, so there's the a lot of that goes on behind yeah. it, which is important when you're working in places like that because Definitely. if you don't have data, then um, nothing. Then you got nothing. You can't. You got. You can. You can speculate and say all you want, but um, when it comes back to it up. Yeah. actually go to the government and say we we want to be here, we should be here, can we be here? Um, here's the reason why we want to be here. Then 
you got to back it up with hard facts, eh? Yeah. Um. So, say for example, a fifty-pound timer. Any idea how old that would be? Roughly? Yeah, there's a big kind of you know range, uh, but some of them have been sampled and they're you know they're otolith and um, I think that those fish. I mean, 40, 50 years old. You can tell. Oh, that's thirty to fifty, thirty to yeah. sixty. You know, like yeah, they're they're old, old fish, man, and that's. That's one of the coolest things about them too, because um, you can you can tell that like presence of age when you hold them. You know, yeah. like, there's there's a, a wisdom in the fish, which is um, which is a unique experience in, in fishing. Yeah, man, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how old do you reckon they can get? 70, 80? That, that's kind of the the upper. Uh, uh, that's range, incredible man 60 years old Such 50 a... 40 to 60 i guess you could say um yeah it is incredible wicked yeah. wicked yeah. Oh, and, and you know that just like in, in like any trout species anywhere um it, i guess it kind of probably depends too on on the river system itself you know some river systems uh can support a fish for longer and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah for sure oh well i mean i guess hopefully man the, maybe you can get out there for the end of the season. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, sorry, we, I think we keep kind of just like grabbing onto these little. Oh, that's good, man. That's a, a, a different I, I, in a different direction. But yeah, I, yeah. I have I have zero plan for these things. <laughs> just just talk shit and you know cover yeah. some good stuff. Yeah, that's uh, cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was that was the, the the point, and we were talking about getting over there. So the season kind of is getting should be starting in theory, but we have an autumn season too, which runs um, kind of late August through um, mid late October. And there's still I, a little. I don't know. I mean, if they got, hope, but I don't. I'm, I they don't got know. COVID. I mean, I guess how do they have it in Mongolia? Um, yeah, there's a bit of it there, but to be honest, they've um, they've done a really impressive job of keeping it out of their country they locked their borders down like back in january um january good on them yeah yeah um so yeah they've done a really good job of keeping it out of the country and i guess so it's it's it's, it's more a matter of you know the, the problem is the coming in <laughs> yeah, same, yeah it should be the same here eh? yeah I think we're doing pretty well oh, i think but i think yeah so um you're gonna be the same as me but going on that i i don't i don't see international travel happening next season for us do you god i don't know alex i'm, I'm like i mean i'm a fisherman i have to be optimistic so. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. also, also realistic <laughs> yeah it's, there's I that I, mean, I, think, I think australia will be able to come i think that yeah. will be in which will be good and that's it there's the, the talk of the trans tasman bubble gives me the most hope you know i have a lot of australian clients um so i'll, I'll be able to survive if, yeah. if i can if i can fish with the aussies um uh, i mean survive as a guide of course um well i mean it's funny i was talking to i was talking to sean the other day uh category three fly sean and we were I, talking about that and uh, we were talking about like next season, and uh, he was like, oh, "Well, we'll struggle through." And he's like, "Well, it's just like business as usual as a guide. All you do is struggle through." Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just normal. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That, that's it. Like, we've been having that conversation a lot, kind of down here, you know, with my group of friends and peers, and and that's it. Like, uh, I don't know. It's it's easy. We're 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 all getting through right now, which is which is cool. But it's a little bit easier for us because, like you say, we've 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 struggled before. We know what it's like. To, yeah, <laughs> it's nothing and live scent of an oily rag so <laughs> <laughs> that's right back to the old two minute noodles yeah 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, shit, I don't know. Yeah, like you say, man, it's, it's weird. It's weird times, all right. Mm, yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope, you know, the borders can open up as long as it's done in a safe manner. You know, I think we're we're obviously super lucky here in New Zealand and we've done a, a pretty exceptional job so far. Um, yeah. As long as uh, no one loses their heads, that. we're all right. Yeah. Go to waste. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess one good thing will be potentially is that the fishery will get a, a rest. Yeah. For all the overseas pressure. I mean, I actually, something I was going to ask you about, I've just heard jibs and drabs from buddies and stuff that have been in the South Island this season. And uh, it was a really hard season on the fishery, right, this year? With the with the mouse year and that kind of stuff. You got a lot of overseas pressure and a lot of... Was it, is it the same in your area there? Where you, did you see a yeah, lot of Yeah, for sure. It was a weird season altogether down here, Alex. I mean, it was... Yeah, it was crazy, obviously, you know, all-time beach mast, you know, mouse year or whatever. But then... Down on the bottom of the South Island where I'm at, we've uh, we had a horrendous weather year, man. We dealt with um, like two, you know, That's huge right. flood events. We had a flood event in December, I think, and then again in like February, massive, massive uh, um, flooding. Um, yeah, so there, there was that like we were kind of chasing our tail, you know, trying to get away from the weather and just find find anywhere find to fish. Some water, you know? yeah. A portion of the season yeah. is um, uh, evacuating um milford <laughs> that's right milford all all over that yeah that kind of season. yeah forgot about that man what yeah yeah i mean i don't even think the road is repaired yet and we're in no shit year. No, you know, like completely repaired anyway um i could be wrong so did you just you just up and up and go and head to some some areas that you thought you could find some water yeah, yeah, for sure, and that's kind of the that's that's my kind of that's how I operate, you know. Um, you do have to do you have to do a lot of that. I think I remember talking to you before. You have to do quite a lot of that when you hit summer, right? You have mm. to you have to you have to go out of area because yeah, uh, yeah. I don't I don't fish a whole lot around Wanaka in the summertime. Yeah. Um, yeah, in in the height of summer anyway. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and that that's that that's definitely my kind of guiding model is to you know have have flexibility you know. So I try to get people to come and not lock themselves in any sort of accommodation, and then we can hop in my truck and just go where the fishing and the weather is going to be the best, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is cool, and it really I think that's very very fishing. good like, good model to have, man. And it I is. Think, I think that yeah, I think that's. A, I don't think many. I don't know many people do that. Yeah, I think I think some yeah, some people some people do, some people don't, you know. Um and, and that's cool. Everybody's gotta kinda have their own thing. But um it it and it, it limits me a little bit, I think, probably in my market and who I kind of um take, you know, because not everybody's into that experience, you know. Yeah, some people but, want to come to New Zealand and have that uh like you know, lodge type of experience, which is cool. Mm -hmm. like it. Um but yeah, I'm I'm lucky enough now that most of my kind of clients are are return clients and they kind of that's get, perfect, man. Yeah. So yeah, that's the way to go for sure. Um, mm -hmm. and as far as uh, as far as like you go to to know that much water, that's that says a lot about you. You've obviously had to put a lot of time in to go to these places and find the water, find the access, fish the rivers, and just kind of just so you have all that knowledge for sure. It's, I, mean, I mean, that's the story of my uh, life for a decade, mate. Like, yeah. it's just exploration, you know, which is cool. That's, that's to be honest, if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I, if I would do it or couldn't do yeah, it. You know? I'm I really, yeah, I'm Every year has got to be about, I don't know, it's, it's fun finding new places, right? It is, yeah. yeah. And that, that's where my enthusiasm as an angler and a guide lies is is in a bit of adventure and exploration. You know, I was, I was, I was, you're looking through your feed just while we were just not trying to sort out this 
this disaster of a Zoom thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it comes through in your feed, you know, like it's like it's not just fish, fish, no. fish, fish. There's places and, and, and a story behind it. And, and I really like that. I think yes. that's, that's really important. Everyone's just too too eager to put up a fish picture, but when what you don't see is what all the shit behind that. Sure, you which know, is the best the, bits, man. Yeah, the driving, the the early mornings, the fucking yeah. blanks, the 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 long days, not finding exactly. stuff. Yeah, yeah. All, all that stuff, and then it comes together eventually. Yeah, but I think uh, I think people don't. I don't think they understand that. I think they just you just you just you just get in the truck, you drive to a river, you start fishing, you catch a ten pound trout. Sure. Then you walk up a bit and you find another ten pound trout. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> they all eat dry flies off the top. That's yeah. it, and it's yeah, it, 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 that's you're, yeah, <laughs> it's it's expectations, isn't it, man? And that, that's that's so important with uh, with my, my my approach and especially with guiding is to level that out because that's not the experience yeah. that I'm selling because it's not real. You know what I mean? Um, I, I yeah, and and that's why I I, I make the posts that I do on social media and that's why I have the conversations that I uh, have in real life. Um, yeah. is because that stuff is so important to me, Alex, you know, like, um, I love catching the fish. I love catching the big fish. You know, um, I've, a, a, you know, it's one of the most kind of exhilarating things that I can do as a person, but it's all, all that in between stuff that, um, yeah, that I, um, that really just kind of feeds my soul, man. And feeds, you know, who happy I am space, as a person and, and yeah. yeah, happy space. Exactly. And I like to think that the people who come and fish with us, like, hopefully they want a piece of that you know what i yeah. mean because this is what we've kind of dedicated our lives to um yeah, is, sure. is 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 seeking out those experiences and you know and that that all kind of adds up from all the bits in between um and that's yeah that's that's what i'm trying to deliver anyway yeah that kind of every now and then you just like stop what's up dude look at that yeah. look up at that yeah exactly. i used to do it when i was when i was younger i used to i used to be in a river all day and i'd be walking out and I'd be walking out, and you know, you process things as you're walking out or whatever from the day. And I'd be like, I actually didn't look up from the water yeah. once a day. I sure. fucking actually didn't look around. And I, yeah. I find as I've got older, I do that a lot more. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah, too- it's easy, man. And I guess, and that's the hard thing too, Alex. You know, it's like everybody's at a different place in their in their fishing and in their lives. You know, and I, I mean, I was I was there for sure at a point in my fishing journey. You know, where I was all about the fish and catching fish, you know, and just like, I, I, you know, catch as many as possible or whatever, but, um, yeah, not anymore. Yeah. It evolves. It's it's an evolution. I think if you do it long enough and then, and you do it enough, then it definitely changes. You touched on it there. First of all, you just want to catch a fish. Mm. Then you want to catch as many fish as you can. And then maybe you want to catch like a big fish, but then, and then as, as things go on, all of a sudden, like, I think that just kind of refines. And like now I'm like, you know, the thing that my buzz now is maybe like I want to try and catch a, maybe a big fish, but I want to sight fish it. Yeah. I'll happily walk 20K for one shot at a fish sure. like that. I guess it's just all relative, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Exactly. It's relative. And we're super lucky here that we can actually choose to do that. Yeah, uh, no, hey. yeah, that's one of the best things in New Zealand in our fishery. It's a, it's a remarkable one, no doubt about it. But yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know, Alex. I, I, I yeah, I, I agree with you 100. I mean, I'm just as happy to yeah walk forever, maybe not cast at a fish, or just to try to catch a quality uh, yeah. fish. You know, it's it it really comes down to quality of experience, I think. And, um, and you're and you're, I mean, like you're a you're a streamer guy, right? 
Uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, can't. I mean, I'm an everything guy, but I definitely love big streamers, man. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So it's something I'm I'm t- I'm I'm way more interested in. Like, I think I think I've watched because you you've been doing the Pure Fly thing, and anyone that doesn't yeah. know, if you're overseas, Pure Fly is a New Zealand. Actually, I have I've only seen like two of them. What what is it? It's, it's a New Zealand based. Yeah, system. so it's my. Uh, buddy Nick Raygard down in Tiana, he owns a company called Gin Clear Media, and they um, have um, teamed up with some other dudes that do like hunting filming in New Zealand, Dave Shaw and the Hunters Club and all that, and made this kind of um, fly fishing television series called Pure Fly NZ, and it it, it highlights you know the um, the fisheries um, around New Zealand. So it's a really cool platform because he, he he goes around, and he follows. Um, around, you know, a lot of different guides and just yeah. fishing personalities in the country and, 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 uh, you know, does a TV show, um, filming kind of them and their, their element and their fishery. Right. Yeah. And I think, uh, how many, is there, how many, have you just, you filmed another season recently, right? What are they? Season yeah, so three this, or something? This, yeah, he's doing season three. We actually just filmed, um, an episode, Nick and my buddy Ronan and I did another one last week. So yeah, cool. Um, and that's that's for the third uh, season. Third season, cool. I mean, I'm I'm really bad. I I don't watch YouTube and I don't I don't watch videos. I'm, I'm terrible. So, but I've yeah. seen I think I've seen two of the Pure Fly, and one of them was I think maybe the first one you did, and I'm pretty sure it was maybe you and Ronan actually, and yeah. you sight fished a good brown on a streamer. Uh huh. Is that right? Um, yeah, I think I know the one you're talking about. We did one over on the West Coast, and I think that uh, was it. And yeah. uh, and that, and that, and that's that that stuck with me in my head. That was a very cool way because <laughs> it's a completely different way to how I would have approached that fish. And sure. It was cool to see it done downstream with a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Man. Like just different. There's no one way. Really no, there is cool. no one way exactly, yeah. and it's exciting that way too. And you know, I mean, there's, I don't know. You've just got to be. In New Zealand and any fishery, I think, around the world, you just got to be, I mean, if you want to catch fish and you're not, you know, too snobby about, you know, catch them on a dry fly or whatever, yeah. uh, you just got to be open to kind of doing anything. And I get a lot of excitement out of, you know, nymph fishing, dry fly fishing and definitely ripping big streamers and seeing a big brown trout get up off of his lie and chase it down, man. That's pretty yeah. visually stimulating. I want to do more <laughs> of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. It's just actually when the, when the situation presents itself, it's actually, it's, it's too easy to just go, okay, I'll go back to what I know. For sure. Rather yeah. than, ah, you know what, I'm going to risk fucking this up and I'm going to change my approach and I'm going to try this. Yeah. Meh. And I know I should do it more. And I, yeah. and I, and I must do it more. Sure. But, um, yeah, it's very, very... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy to default to success, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But again, uh, it, it, would, it, would, it would improve my skills as an angler. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Absolutely. I agree. You gotta. Yeah. It's it's nice to diversify and be kind of well well rounded. Yeah. For sure. I mean, just I know going scooping back to Bolivia, but like we got to a point where Gene and I would disappear on foot for a day up up this little side um, tributary called Pacheme, and it was at times you could sight fish Dorado. Yeah. And it was just like, it was times you look at it and it's just like being in a New Zealand river. Yeah. And then you do that and then we do a similar thing, but you just sight fishing with a, with a big streamer. And just sure. like you say, watching that thing just light up and just smash a streamer is just, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's exciting, man. Yeah. And that's it. I, you know, I get a, a lot of people in New Zealand, like, you know, that'll come and fish with me. 
whatever. We'll fish it around, or we, we're fishing around. And we don't see anything, and I'll hand them the streamer rod. I'm like, check this in here, and they look at me like I'm. I've got a you know a third eye on the middle of my forehead. You know, They're like, what is this? Are you kidding? What me? am I gonna do with this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, trust me, wait. You know, and like, ten times out of ten, you know, when they eventually get even that that first smack or that first chase or you know, yeah. especially if they hook that fish, they're just like, okay, I'm hooked. And yeah. like, we'll go fishing the next time, and they're like, where's the streamer rod, Jeff? And I'm like, hey, chill out, man. We'll get your streamer rod. That's a really good idea, man. And it's again, it's something I need to make myself do more. And it's a conversation like I'll, I'll walk up through, and I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I should probably chuck a streamer through there. And then I'm like, ah, I can't be asked. I can't be asked. Change <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And it's a really lazy, lazy mentality. Yeah. But um, yeah, it just goes to show it. It really is worth it, eh? It is worth it. And 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 back to the point too, like you were just saying about, um, you know, being in Bolivia and the Dorado stuff, and we were talking a little bit about diversification as an angler. Like it's super important because you know, unless you're just fishing the same exact thing all the time for the rest of your life, which is boring as shit. Yeah. Um, yeah this is going to give you another whole other skill set for when you do find yourself, you know, on a, on a, a big flat somewhere, or you find yourself in the jungles of Bolivia and you know, your guide go to you somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. An eight or 10 inch streamer fly on your 10 weight rod. You know, you're not just totally blown out of depth. Yeah. You're like, you're, oh, okay, I know this. I know what we're yeah. doing here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you just, you just keep, you said flats. There. Uh, have you done much flats, flat stuff for the Kingies up north? Uh, Oh, I, a, a little bit up there, and I've done a little bit of you know flats fishing here and there around the Pacific oh, stuff. Oh, you've well. done a lot, you've done, and you've done a lot of DIY kind of stuff, which is super interesting. And yeah, and yeah, it's fun. I have to. I don't know how much time you've got, but I may even wait for an, another time. But I really want to pick your brains about that because that's a whole another. <laughs> that's a whole another world of like. I mean, I wouldn't how you even go about planning those things, but um, mm. yeah, you've done some very cool stuff, man. And, I, yeah. and another, it's another thing I like is you're not afraid to go out there and just like, just risk, risk it. I don't know, sure. man. I don't know what's out there. It could be a bus. Could be great. Could <laughs> yeah. be awesome. Yeah. And um, it's a, somewhere uh, in the middle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's why it's a shame we didn't. I mean, didn't get over to um to the Marshalls recently. You mm, were, God, oh, fuck, yeah. so close, man. I was gonna be on that plane with you and like, fuck. I actually kind of half wish I watched because we could have hung out in Hawaii for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I mean, that's it. I got turned around at the airport, man. It was pretty crazy. And Ben, uh, he was well, Benny ended up getting stuck there for like an extra month or something. It's, it was pretty pretty wild. You know, it was, it was all timing. Um, yeah, yeah. Unforeseen stuff. But yeah, yeah. Would have been fun. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, but uh, did you, uh, uh, I'm guessing you went up to the flats and, and you would have caught a couple of kingfish and... and yeah, did we? I didn't see you up there. Yeah, I fished up there with Benny uh, a couple years. I met, ago. I met Ben up there. Actually, that, that's the the year I was in Nelson guiding was yeah. the year I ended up meeting Ben up, uh -huh. up, and then we ended up. I think at the end of the season, I kind of I gave myself extra time and we just hung out and just fished. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's how cool. Ben and I met. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy that flat stuff. Eh? Oh, it's, it's an amazing fishery, man! Holy smokes! Like, I mean, the kingfish. I've been lucky enough to fish for them in a few really cool places around New Zealand. Um, and they live in like, you know, there's a million different ways you can catch them, you know, yeah, um, and a million different types stuff. of water. Yeah. Some deep um, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah, that flats fishery is pretty remarkable. Just yeah, being able to see them and. Uh, sight fishing. It's all, yeah. it's all, it's just hunting. Do you do yeah. a bit of hunting too, eh? 
a little bit bird shooting, you know, it's okay. something I've kind of gotten back into the past couple of uh, years, which has been a lot of fun, you know. So quail and waterfowl, ducks. No, not the you know, deer. deer nah, no, nah, I've been deer hunting. I've I've never shot a deer. I'd love to, you know. It's something that I'd I'd love to um, tick the box. Yeah, well, tick the box, but just to be, you know, like a little bit more self-sufficient, keep it a little bit more local, keep it a little bit more organic, you know what yeah, I mean? Sure. Like go out and shoot a deer and, and put it in the fridge or, sorry, the freezer, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, um, I'd like to do that once or twice a year. I probably wouldn't get super stoked on big, doing big trophy hunts and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, just for a bit of yeah. subsistence. It's an, it's an interesting I'm, – I'm not a hunter. I, I, don't, I don't really want – but I find the whole process of stalking very interesting and, and very parallel to – the kind of fishing that we do a lot of sure yeah especially that's flat that's flats fishing you know whether yeah. it's kingfish or, or a lot of the stuff you've done for you know permit or gt or you know that kind of thing you're just walking around and you're looking and you're hunting and and you're Absolutely. just waiting, waiting for that that, that little yeah. window which might be you know you might see it coming a mile away or it might be a three second window right here right yeah. now. You yeah. gotta act. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. Alex, you, you hit the nail on the head there. There's, um, and, and that's what's is, is kind of exciting about hunting for me. You know, there's, it's, it's those parallels, you know, I think if you're, you know, a hunter, you're a hunter and just because we're fishermen doesn't mean we're not hunters, you know, I think yeah, we, we fish, well, truly right. are exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if what, what over, I, I just want to go real quick because I'm interested. But like, what overseas stuff? You did an Indonesia trip a few years back, eh? Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. was that was that just off your own back? And you're like, cool man, this place looks good. I want to go there and have a look about it. Or did you, you got a buddy that knew about it? Or I, yeah, some friends um, of mine that I fished with in Mongolia for years. Um, you know, he this guy named Jason Friedman. He is yeah. Um, big in hospitality and hotels and stuff in Southeast Asia. And he had um, helped these guys convert a big, um, an old oil uh, field support kind of vessel into this like beautiful um, expedition ship, you know, like, like fully, mothership. yeah, mothership. Exactly. Oh, full, full, fully, you know, kitted out like what, you know, oh. really, really well done, um, you know, has a, you know, dining, situation you know awesome, 10 berths or something you know it's a really beautiful boat anyway um but yeah so he's and, and and they they converted the ship with the idea of doing like kind of dive and surfing expeditions and wanted to see if there was some sort of fishing contingent that they could add on top of it and so they invited me over to just kind of do some exploring with them and um yeah and i got to do that you know and it was it was awesome like in in, in indonesia because it's um is massive you know kind of overwhelming yeah archipelago with just endless amounts of water and atolls and little things yeah exactly you know volcanoes jutting up out of the sea and lagoons here and you know bays and flats over there it's just it's it's literally endless but that's having the boat that's the way to do it you know what i mean because you can kind of pop around to different spots stay out of the wind here and go out with the weather there that's Um, right what did you find like did you find some good stuff some yeah yes and god yes and no we found a little bit of good and a bit of bad too you know some of the the overfishing that we saw there was pretty heartbreaking to be honest alex yeah. you know and it was um lots of netting and that kind of thing going uh, on yeah and even dynamite fishing you know Holy and cyanide shit. stuff and just real real detrimental stuff um cyanide. No yeah shit. yeah so they they poison the reefs and then you know take uh, um any fish that kind of end up floating out um won't those fish be have cyanide poisoning? Ah, uh, man, I don't know. Probably, it can't be good. You it know? can't. It can't be a good, yeah, yeah. good, good chain of <laughs> a food chain thing going on there. 
Yeah, but uh, the, the dynamite and the bombing was a big one, and obviously that just kills anything and everything, including the coral, which is the habitat, and things just don't return. You know what I mean? Um, so there was some places, you know, that I was kind of drooling over on Google Earth, and we got to, and it just wasn't happening, especially from a fly fishing perspective. Yeah. And there was a lot of that really vulnerable water, the shallow kind of inner lagoons and flats, which is what we kind of drool over as a fly angler, right? Yeah. 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 So um, that stuff was a bit of a letdown, you know, for the most part. I, I, I'm not, you know, I, would, I certainly wouldn't write it off, you know, because because, you know, geez, we were only out there for like 10 days or something. And, you know, we were on the move. We had an agenda, you know. Um, yeah. So we had to kind of keep carrying on. Um, and you need time at these places. Eh? You need so much time. Yeah, it's yeah. not even funny. But what we did find was the reef edge fishing, you know, that the stuff that was just on the outside, you know, um, mm-hmm. of the of the lagoons and um, just the outer reefs were absolutely thriving with life and amazing fishing. It was really hard to... Yeah. To target fish on the fly that way. Yeah, uh, popping yeah. and that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you can, you know. We could have, you know, tried to tease some fish in and done a bait and switch or, you know, run chum lines and all that stuff. But I wasn't that interested in it. You know, I, I, I'm, I was quite happy to just chuck a stick bait around. and Yeah. Fix um, the GTs up or? Yeah, yeah. We had oh. insane GT fishing, man. Like, Shit. I caught the biggest GTs of my life up there. Really? And it, all, on, all on gear. I actually... One one, <laughs> I actually I I did I did hook a giant um, GT on on fly and I, I it just raked me on a a big bombie right away you know um, I only stings, had isn't it, it still oh hurts. man it does like honestly it's like you know, the, the, the there's just probably like three fish in you know in my life life that yeah. that really hurt and that's definitely one of them because it was it was only one fish on that whole trip and I um and you hooked it so close man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, that's interesting. So if there's so much life on that reef edge, mm. there's got to be potential to find that right flat, that right flat or that right bay. And yeah. they're going to come in there. For it's sure. going to be, it's going to, it's going to be a cool little fishery. You just got to like, say, yeah. yeah, have the time to go and find the damn thing. You know, it could just be that little, and it could be a little bit further away from where the locals go out of their range. Sure. You know, and, it's but I think, and that's the reason why the outer reef is just it was, it was almost self-protecting, you know, because it takes a little bit more fuel to get out there. The water's deeper. You know, it's more rough. So yeah. uh, that and that inside stuff's just so vulnerable. So, yeah. It's the same, same here. It's the same here. Like, I think the whole they've got inshore fishery we've got here, like the flats, you know, whether it's the top of the South Island or any of the number ones we've got up here in the harbors. They just need to be looked after. And we've already proved sure. with the small the, with the bits of tagging that we've done that fish have been have come back to that same area the next yeah. year they've been caught within a few hundred meters of where for example i've tagged i've had a few letters now that this fish has been caught within like 400 meters of where i tagged it the previous year uh-huh. and it's obviously gone away and it's come back so it's proof right there that they're coming yeah. back to that habitat and if you don't sure. look after that habitat you don't want coming back fish. man yeah right. yeah but like people just don't seem to want <laughs> to do anything about it I guess uh, yes and no. I mean, some people do, man. You know, and I think that's that's it. Like, you just got to find those people and yeah, have the right conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah get involved, I guess. But w- what is your? Uh, so tell me more about your experience with the tagging. I kind of forgot that you did that with the kingfish. What's the? Um, what what else did you guys find? Did you have you have you guys had any experiences where you tag a kingfish? You know. Um, Let's say on the flats down on the South Island, and they turn up on the North Island or anything crazy like that. Like that or cool. What's their range? I don't. I've I've heard of uh, we have one. I don't think I tagged it. I think somebody else tagged it. It may have been Lucas, 
but it, it was tagged in Tauranga Harbour, and I think it turned up in a commercial net in, just off of Taranaki. Okay, yeah, right. So there was a good range there. Um, yeah. And we've had – I'm sure there's been other other people that I haven't heard about, but I've had three or four letters now on fish that have been tagged by me down south and in Tauranga that have turned up. Not – I don't know where they've gone, but they've definitely come back a year or two later and been caught in the same area, basically on yeah. the same flat. Okay. You know, and you've had growth rates of, you know, good growth rates. You know, they've, I think I've had, we have one, because, do you know Paul Mills, Millsy? Uh, I don't think so. He's the guy that basically started the tagging program he, as, a, as a pet project, because he was, when he was living in the Manukau. Cool. And he, he was just kind of fishing, that was his backyard, and he just wanted to know, per, per, personally, whether he was catching the same fish or not. Yeah. So, he started it and started doing it himself, and then... I kind of jumped on board with that, and then I think now, I think I think Lucas is running it, uh, and it's in conjunction with Legacy now. I'm not too sure now, anyway. Um, but like, uh, I know we tagged one in the Manukau that turned up like three years later, and when I caught it, it was like a 12 pound fish, and when it was caught again, it was like a 24 pound fish. Wow! In three years, yeah. yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I guess like they've got to well, be a pretty fast growing fish, and we got a pretty healthy coastline around New Zealand, don't yeah. we? I think the thing to do, the really cool thing to do is if you could have the right conversation is get satellite tags, then you could see where the fuckers go. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool, man. It yeah, be- it would. So, I mean, we've had that one that was tagged in Tauranga, turned up in a net over Taranaki Way. That's a long way for a fish to travel. Yeah, yeah. How um, many kilometers would that be, do you know? I think it was – I'm not too sure. I thought I've, I've got the letter somewhere in an email, and it actually, yeah. it actually kind of broke it down as to how far it traveled. It's a okay. long way. I'm yeah, it's a long it. way, man. Yeah. yeah. Which, is, I mean, it's interesting that I ask because, A, I'm curious, and B, like, I haven't been fishing for kingfish for that long, you know, um, but we've been targeting them down here, even, you know, around the southwest coast um, in New Zealand, and you hear stories of them turning up over in, like, Port Chalmers around Dunedin, and even down, yeah. like, Stewart Island, you know, bottom of the South Island stuff. Um, That's mental. Which... You know, I, I don't think that, you know, they've always been there, you know, um, or they have in just much lesser numbers, you know, but, you know, they definitely seem to be more noticeable. And um, that's a, a warming up thing. Yeah, well, water. I think that is the theory is it's, you know, a lot of, you know, sea temperature rise. And, yeah. Um, and and like where you've been, you were just talking about there, is, is that a deep water fishery or you've got some yeah. shallow stuff? Uh, a little bit of both. You oh, know? Cool. So yeah, really? yeah. I know they were catching them um, in some uh shallow water situations down in southland and you know where we we've caught them in fjordland has been in in, in really deep water oh uh, cool yeah that's where yeah um yeah and there's uh, there's just so much potential even especially the further north you go there's so many flats and harbors you just go on google earth and it's just like oh man a lifetime no. of fisheries that aren't being looked at yeah yeah really yeah. really cool yeah i'd love to you know that's always been on the cards is to take a month over summer and you know get a little little boat and drag it around and just yeah, fish, fish up there <laughs> well no no it didn't even have to be summer man i mean again sure. I, I, t- I took april off from guiding even though we ended up being on lockdown but that was kind of one of my plans you know take really? a couple of weeks go up there and just start spending some sure. time yeah. so um oh That's- yeah let me know man <laughs> yeah do it. i've got the boat i've got the got the time Sure. Yeah. And, cool. uh, and and as far as I can understand, up there, I think they're on the flats all year round. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I believe it. It's a different world, you know. It's really yeah. easy in New Zealand. You think of New Zealand as this like teeny tiny place, but it's so long north to south. Like it's a, it's from Northland to Southland. It's 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 really uh, yeah, pretty different. Climate. Even yeah, even from here to drive up north, it's like a nine and nine hour drive. Yeah, ten hour drive. It's a long fucking way. Yeah, yeah, it is. But um, as far as the movements go, I th- I think that they, they do move a long way. I but it'd be good if you could get a satellite tag. And put a couple of those in, and then just watch where they go. Sure, I think. And I think. Su- I mean, if you got more and more of you guys that are doing the tagging and stuff, more and more of the fish will come, be recaptured, I guess, and 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 yeah. get more and more of that data. So that'd be super cool. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's a slow, it's a slow ball to get going, eh? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what's your what's your winter plans? Are you <laughs> are you just going to kind of just make it up as you go along, and how things turn out? I suppose. Yeah, more or less, Alex. I mean, you yeah. know, at, the, at this point, it's just kind of almost a, a bit of a waiting game, you know, see yeah. see, see what happens, you know, see, you know, hopefully we get some more information on the trans-Tasman bubble sooner than later, um, you know, just kind of if we can get a bit of a, a little bit of clarity on what the future holds, then you can kind of start making start a few planning, yeah, plans plans in between. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, nothing nothing too exciting i would love to go you know if if the if the bubble does open up i would love to go over to australia and do some fishing you know i've i had some really cool uh international kind of you know fishing plans that got squashed with the whole travel thing mm-hmm. so it would be good to I kind was of looking uh, up a little bit of that have you have you ever looked into cape york um i've i've heard of it but yeah i was I'm, i was looking up there apparently like for a shot to permit that that that's your place to go yeah, away cool. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, obviously, I'd love to go over to Exmouth or something like that, but that's sure. kind of pricey. But I mean, even like that, that East Coast, uh, Hitch, Hitch and Brook, and, and all down through there, it looks like an incredible fishery. Eh? Yeah, yeah. And and pretty and pretty doable for like the likes of us. Yeah. You know, fly in the cans, get a get a car, you know, yeah. some cheap accommodation, and and you can go. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, I'm worried about uh, like crocodiles and shit that'll eat you over there. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Fish, sharks and shit. I don't know if I have that kind of self-preservation uh, instincts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just uh, nothing to think about here, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I I definitely be keen on some Australia stuff. It's a, yeah. it's a good-looking fishery and, and kind of underutilized. Even if you get up and you can get up into that northern territory, um, like there's some incredible GT fishing up there. Oh man, yeah, the whole place is 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 incredible. Um, there's it's just a, it's a diverse place and you know therefore has the diverse fisheries it's um yeah the opportunities seem seem to be kind of endless i, I got to go over there this this time last year and chase some murray cod um that looks like fun. really fun man yeah you know it's again like streamer fishing at his best but you know it has the potential to you know catch these yeah. huge almost yeah. like prehistoric fish and, yeah uh, how did you go did you find some yeah we did yeah we got my buddy got a metery uh my oh, buddy patty yeah, it nice. was honestly, man, like I didn't even catch a fish, but I didn't care, you know, like to witness it was like literally one of the most epic things I've ever seen in my life. And that was, I mean, that was my first Murray Cod trip. So, you know, we got maybe lucky, but, you know, put the time in yep. as well, you know, so I, I'd like to think it wasn't all luck. Um, but yeah, it was, it was incredible, man. I mean, this, this, the fish was it was huge and it was you could tell it was old it was it had that kind of same presence of uh yeah. being that the time and do that i was talking yeah, about I've seen some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah just like demanded respect even though you were holding it in your hands you know you hadn't like beat this fish yeah you know? that's right you just get yeah. you get your moment with it and and you and you appreciate that and then yeah 
so that was cool, man. That was yeah. really cool. And I'd love to go back and, and try to, you know, hook one of those myself. Um, I, I, I caught plenty of Murray cod and, and had a lot of fun, you know, but, um, all much smaller than that, that, yeah, um, that kind of eater. eater. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And a, another thing I'd like to have a go at is, is you've got the queen fish. They look like super cool, yeah. fun fish. Yeah. You know, a lot of her, Yeah. Cobia, that kind of stuff. Aramundi. Yeah. Barramundi, big Barramundi. But it's crazy, man. Like, you know, in New Zealand, um, I don't know. Like it's, it's so easy to get to Australia from here. Yeah. And yeah. it's all, and at times it's cheaper than getting for me, getting from here to Queenstown. For sure. Exactly. It's mental. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, um, yeah, hopefully we can get over there, man. Yeah. Oh, well, let, let me know if you start thinking about like, Oh, this could be thing. Um, let me know, man. Cause I'm always keen for some kind of new for sure. trip for sure. Um, do you think you've got any reason to come up here over winter? Oh, I mean, fest or anything like that or, yeah, I don't know if the the, the fishing uh, the film tour is going to happen or not. Um, yeah, you know, uh, COVID through its kind of uh, bag of tricks at that as well. So we'll we'll see. Involved in that whole Rise Festival. Uh, yeah, yeah, when it's happening, year. we were we were planning on doing it this year. This is going to be the fifteenth um, anniversary, you know, Shit. which is really cool. But yeah, yeah you know, COVID. But um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. I if think not, they're going to make an announcement on Monday as to whether or not we're going to go down to like a level one. Right. Which is which which a good difference in the whole thing. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. No, 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 no real plans. But yeah, Alex, like, uh, you know, we're just kind of kicking around. Just depends. Yeah. Everything's just so un- unclear. It's a, I have no idea. What's I know, going right. On. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, at the end, if you end up wanting to do a trip up here at all, let me know. Yeah, I'll put a room sure. you can crash in so you ain't got to pay nothing for accommodation and we'll oh, just go okay. fishing. We've got, yeah. we've got some rivers we can hit. We've got some lakes we can hit. Cool. Yeah, for sure. I think and, um, I think a lot of people are doing that this year, man. Like, you know, just kind of keeping it close, closer to home, exploring our own country. And, um, yeah, it's kind of a cool thing, too. Yeah, it is. And um, I think I'm going to be heading your way November time. Sweet. Potentially a couple of trips. So I'll let you know if, uh, if yeah. I'm down your way. Sure. Yeah, please do, man. I mean, you know, we're, we're open doors down here, too. So. Yeah, cool, bro. It'd be wicked. Yeah. All right, man. I'll, I'll I'll let you go. I kept you like an hour, half an hour longer than I said I was going to anyway. Yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> all right, man. Yeah, no, no, no stress at all. It's been fun to talk to you. And, yeah, uh, man. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. The, um, hopefully, some people find it interesting. So, um, just before we go, uh, your social media and your you're on Instagram. You're on, on Facebook. Do you do yeah, Facebook? I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. Pretty much just, everything you see on Instagram is just on Facebook. You know, I only kind just, of just we'll see. That's it. Uh, yeah, Instagram handle is um, at Jeff dot four C F O R S E E Jeff with a J. Um, yeah, so J E F F dot F O R S E E. Yeah, and it's easy enough to find you on Facebook. Uh, website is um, www.4cflyfishing.com. Cool. I will. I'll, I'll make sure I link all that stuff at the bottom of the description. Cool. So Thanks. Find you. But I definitely think uh, of the people I know that guide down south. I know for a fact, if people ever say, oh, I'm going to be down in the bottom half of the South Island, you're the person I send them to. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. man. you got a good vibe and, 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 and you know your stuff. And you just, you just, I don't know, you're just good. You're just a good <laughs> fucker. That's all. <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. And yeah, right yeah, back man. at you, man. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think if, if anyone finds themselves in the South Island and they need a guide, which I actually say to people, you do. <laughs> if you don't know the South Island, sure. you need a guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. Definitely look it up. Yeah. Sure. Alex. 
Oh, good, man. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. We'll catch up soon, eh? Cool. Take it easy, buddy. Take it easy, man. See you soon. Cool. So, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, it was really good to catch up with him. If you are ever in the South Island, especially that kind of bottom half of the South Island, and you need yourself a guide, he's the man to go to. 100%. I'm not just saying that because he's my buddy. He uh, He's the real deal, that guy. Right. I'm going to sign off here. I've probably taken up enough of your day, but I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, thanks for dropping in. I'll try and make this a bit more regular. Uh, I'm pretty bad at this, but uh, I'm just trying to find my feet and work it out from there. But appreciate you dropping in. Hope you enjoyed it, and I will catch you all on the next one. Peace.